Good morning. My name's Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at Bethany. Thanks so much for joining us on this beautiful, beautiful morning. I was able to get some yard work done yesterday, and I'm sure some of you are looking forward to me even doing that this afternoon. Before we jump in this morning, this morning, I believe with all my heart, is going to be a life-changing morning for a handful of you in this room. I'd love for it to be life-changing for all of you. Uh, The concept we're going to talk about this morning, and the reason I say that the concept that we're talking about this morning, if I listed my top five uh, principles that have, when I engaged with them, have radically changed my life, what we're going to talk about this morning is one, it's, it's in my top five hands out. It might even be um, number one or number two. Before we do that, though, I want to mention, you notice in your uh, bulletins this morning, there is a little pamphlet that has the known logo on it. It is our reading plan uh, here at Bethany. We are passionate about uh, saying, listen, um, we believe with all our heart that God wants to get to know you. He wants to get to know you intimately and personally and wants to do that in the Bible. And we believe that is the one principle, the one discipline, if you can add to your life, it will trickle out and impact many other areas uh, in your life. So we put together a reading plan. It runs with our messages, uh, our sermon series. It gives you an opportunity to read. Then you're reading in community to help strengthen one another and talk about it. Uh, So again, the journals are available for free. They start this week. This is the week they start where you have the reading plan right there for you. I'd say it this way too. Some of you come out of the new year. You start out with these resolutions. We're going to do this. This is the year we're going to read the Bible. I'm going to get disciplined. Maybe you've kind of fallen off the wagon a little bit. The summer is right around the corner. You want to probably pick back up for the summer. This is a great time uh, to kind of re-engage um, God and his word. So I want to mention that. Second thing I want to mention is I'm in a t-shirt this morning. I don't always preach from a t-shirt. Sometimes I'd like to preach from a t-shirt uh, with a t-shirt. But I'm wearing one. It's for Compassion Sunday. The other thing we're doing is you notice out in the foyer, there is a table out there and we're going talk more about that later in the service, but uh, kind of along with this theme of gifting and giving, uh, we're running this theme of Compassion Sunday, and we'll talk about that uh, kind of a little uh, later on. Now, that said, here's where we're going to go this morning. As I share this, I really believe it's life-changing, uh, kind of what we're going to grab, and that's this principle of giving yourself away. Uh, beginning to step back and say, you, I have been created on purpose. I have been uniquely gifted, uniquely created, and God has done that so that I can give his grace away to other people in my life. Now, here's kind of the principle. We're going to get to that point, but to get there, I want to share an underlying principle that I believe when we grasp it, it compels you to want to live and serve. It compels you not just to want to sit on your hands. Because I think I can stand here and say, hey, let's give and let's serve. You're like, that's a good idea, Adam. But I want to share a principle that stands behind it. That when we grasp it, you're going to say, man, I have no option. I want to be involved with serving. Here's how it kind of goes. If I think if you describe our culture today, maybe you head into your life group this afternoon or sit with your families for lunch and you say, hey, give me a word or two or three that describe our culture. Now, there's a lot of right answers on this. A lot of, a lot of right answers. One of the words that I would use to describe our current culture, the the world that we live in, is mystical and even spiritual. I didn't say godly, but I said spiritual. We live in a world that has kind of pushed back against the modern era, the modern era of logic and reason. It didn't work out for a lot of people. So we're kind of in this mystical, spiritual world. On top of that, the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that as time marches on, people will become very spiritual. They deny the source of that spirituality and therefore deny its power. But the world that we live in is very spiritual and mystical. Add to that, that kind of influence, it's in most of our lives, add to that the phenomenal, in my opinion, one of the best Christian doctrines in the Bible, and that is that you are personally created in the image of God. Every single one of you have been created and designed in God's image. 
Now, what that means is profound, and it's, it's for a whole sermon series, honestly, just that subject. But the clearest thing that that means is that you can relate to God in a way that your dog and your cat and your hamster and your guinea pig and all that other stuff cannot. You can connect with him. You can have a personal, intimate, close relationship with God. And he wants that with every single one of you. Now, here's where this kind of converges. We have this mystical spiritual culture. Then we have this Christian teaching that says God wants an intimate, personal, he wants to relate with every single one of you personally. Now, what this begins to play out in then is this kind of moves into this thinking that, okay, I want to then hear from God. I want to grow. I want to mature. So God, show yourself to me. I love what our music teams do and some of the songs that they sing and you'll hear them on your Christian contemporary radio stations. You'll hear songs like, show me your glory. Have you ever heard that phrase in some of the songs? God, show your, we're singing, God, show up to me. We kind of have this thinking in in the Christian circles is I need to get up on the mountaintop. I want to get alone with just me and God. I'm going to go up and I'm going to sit down. I want to hear from God. God, speak to me. God, intervene. God, heal. God, move. God, work. And we begin to think, and all that's good, but we begin to think that his plan A for him working and him growing in his, is his personal intervention in my life. So God's going to personally show up and God's going to personally heal. God's going to personally speak. God's going to personally move directly with me. And that's his plan A for our spiritual growth. As I've grown and matured, I've come to learn that's not his plan A. I believe that's his plan B. His plan A is people. I really believe this. And you're going to say, Adam, you're crazy. This isn't, now wait a minute. I believe people helping people is God's plan A. I believe with all my heart. And this has shifted and shaped in me. You know, I used to think this was plan B. Plan A was me get alone with God and God speaks to me. God, I'm going to pray for your help and your healing. He's going to personally step in and he's going to help and he's going to heal. And then plan B was the church, his people working and serving in my life and giving that. And I used to think, well, that's plan B then is the people. And I've come to learn the scriptures say, no, actually God says plan A is people. Plan B is his direct personal intervention. Now, here's why this has changed my life because this is not my natural disposition. Those of you who know me and know me well know that to the very core of me, I'm an introvert. Uh, some people would classify me as a philosopher, a thinker, a reader. My ideal Sunday afternoon when it's this beautiful is not to go in the backyard and play with the kids as much as I love my kids. It's not to go on a hike with my wife as much as I love my wife. My ideal Sunday afternoon is go let me sit up in the corner in my chair with a book and just listen to the birds singing outside as I feel the cool breeze coming through. And I'm like, yes, that's my, I love it. I'm an introvert to the core. And I've spent many a times and God's worked in me in many places where I've been alone and I've heard his voice and I've heard his whisper and I've felt his touch and I wanted to step out with boldness. I've been in those places many times. I just kind of stepped out and said, this is how God works. But I had a mentor in ministry, the senior pastor I served with for four years right when I got to Bible college. And he said, Adam, people, do your thinking in the context of real people. Do your thinking, Adam. Be an introvert. That's okay. God's wired you that way. But do your thinking in the context of real people. God's plan is for you to grow, for you to mature, you must involve yourself with people. Without people in your life, you will never grow to the capacity that he wants you to grow. Ephesians 4, 16 
is a verse that I've taken a great comfort in in this teaching. But it says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Body is referring to church, the people who know Jesus, people who say, I'm a believer in Jesus. I'm coming together that we're called then the body of Christ. So he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Now look at how it works. As each part does its own special work. I want to pause right there. Every single one of you in here this morning says, I am a Christ follower. I am a Christian. I value Jesus. You have a special work to do. Did you know that? Every single one of you has a special work to do. And as you do that work, it goes on. It helps the other parts grow. So the people sitting around you, the other parts, their growth is dependent upon you doing what God has called you to do. Now it goes on. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So we want to be healthy. We want to be growing. We must serve. Use the gifts that God has given me. Open them up. Lead life in those areas and do it with boldness and courage. This chapter has influenced me uh, this week in your reading plan. You're going to get into, if you go through that reading plan, verses 11 and following before verse 16 have shaped me in understanding what it means to pastor. It says in those verses that God has given, has gifted a few people with the gift of pastor, teacher, the names one as apostle and it names one as an evangelist. And you know why he gave them to the church? What their special work is, is not to do the ministry. It's amazing. He doesn't say, okay, I'm going to give a pastor to the church, to the body, so that a lot of things can get done. He says, no, I'm going to give a pastor to the body so that he can equip the body to be the body. When the body cares for the body, the body is much healthier. Churches where everyone depends upon the pastor to do everything, they're unhealthy churches. But when the body serves the body, those who have gifts of mercy, use those gifts. Those who have gifts of giving, use those gifts. Those who have gifts of leadership, use those gifts. Those who have gifts of teaching, use those. When the body serves the body, the body grows up and matures. We need people. If you're going to grow healthy, if you're going to go strong, you need people in your life. Matter of fact, I've learned to say it this way. You must be in godly relationships to grow healthy. You have to be. I don't think there's any other way to do it. I think most of you would validate this. Most of you, when you would sit back and say, if we would ask everyone to come up here with a microphone this morning, as much as that freaks some of you out, but if we'd ask everyone to do it, and we'd say, I want you to stand up, and I want you to tell the church, tell everyone here what God has used most in your life to grow you to the place where you're at today. The biggest lessons that you've worked through, the biggest areas and challenges that you've overcome, what did he use to mature you? And you know, we're going to hear time almost, we're going to hear a lot of good stuff, but the thing that we're going to consistently hear is this, that person, that teacher, when I was being abused by mom or dad and I would come to the church and that youth leader that took me in and walked with me, that Sunday school teacher, that mentor, that coach, that boss, that mom, that dad, that grandmother, with that person, we hear it over and over. It's not a mistake. God wired us to grow with interaction with people. Henry Cloud goes so far. Some of you know Henry Cloud wrote the well-known book Boundaries many years ago. He goes so far as to say independence from relationship is independence from God himself. In other words, if you remove yourself from people, you remove yourself from God. Think about that. 
Henry Cloud goes on to say, as he writes in his book, How People Grow, he says, virtually every emotional and psychological problem from addictions to depression has alienation or emotional isolation at its core or close to it. You remove yourself from people, you remove yourself from God. That teaching has transformed my life. Someone who just kind of went through life and I don't need people. God's given me the gifts that I need. And I can go through it. I can sit in a corner and I can get everything I need. No. But what I've learned is I've had to let people speak into my heart and my life. It has transformed me. Turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, grab one there in the seats in front of you. 1 John is 4 is on page 1033. If you don't have a Bible, we'd encourage you to take that one home as a gift from us to you. Just ask you to read it. If you're new to the Bible, maybe you have your own Bible. You say, well, maybe you aren't going to find yours on 1033. But 1 John's towards the back. It's written by um, Jesus' disciple, Jesus' friend, John. That's why it's named John. He wrote three letters. So we have 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John. Jesus was cl- John was closer to Jesus than any other physical human being here on this earth. He was the disciple that Jesus loved is how he's described. He's the disciple, the apostle of love is how others will describe him. And the reason he gets that title, not only because of how he references himself in relationship to Jesus, but he also gets it because this chapter, 1 John chapter 4, is known as the chapter of love. This is the chapter where we get God is love. This is the chapter where we get perfect love drives out and casts out fear. God is love. Now, in the midst of this chapter where most of the theologians will come and talk about God is love and and try and help people understand that, there is this powerful teaching that shows up in verses 11 and 12, and it actually kind of weaves itself through the entire chapter and even started back in chapter 3. But here it goes, verse 11. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, pause right there. We sang the song, Yes, Jesus Loves Me. Jonathan, as he led into the song, Jonathan, you don't know Jonathan, he's a worship leader this morning. He's led into the song. He talked about this great, amazing God that sent his son to this earth. Didn't have to come. But he didn't come for these good, cleaned up people. And man, look at Adam. He's an awesome guy. I think I want to go die for him. No, the scriptures say, no, we were an enemy. We were not pretty. And God steps in and he loves us. He moves in our direction. His kindness leads to repentance. Since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. So in other words, I understand how much I've been forgiven. The natural response then is to love others. Now, verse 12, this thought comes in. It's kind of woven throughout this chapter. It says, no one has ever seen God. Now, I think that's true. I think most of us understand that if someone were to raise their hand here and say this morning, well, I've seen God. We have institutions for people like you. Uh, We lock you up and put you in jackets and give you lots of medication. I mean, we like people just have never seen God. We understand that to be the case. So God says it's very clear. No one has ever physically seen God, but look at the conjunction, the transition. No one has ever seen God, but... If we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Do you know what it's saying? Do you see what it's saying? It's saying God is love. The verses that came right before it. This is love that God loved us. The verses that come right before it. God loves us. You've never seen God. The people around you have never seen God. But if you embrace Jesus Christ, live him out, the people around you have an opportunity to see who? God himself. 
Doesn't mean you're God. Doesn't mean you become a God. But they see an expression of God's love. And I believe this is so important because one of the things I've wrestled with my entire Christian life is the love of God. I've struggled deeply understanding how is this possible that a God this big, this majestic loves me and loves me unconditionally and I don't need to merit it. I don't earn it. He just moves in my, how is that possible? Do you know what I learned? Why I struggle with that? It's because I struggle at times to live with people. I believe this passage clearly teaches that you can show people God's love in the way that you live towards them. And in that way, then they have seen God. And I would go so far as to say, without seeing God's love and grace in others, for me then, it's very hard to know God's grace and God's love. But maybe say it more clearly. Understanding grace and love is not just a theological exercise. It's a relational exercise. You know, for many years, I would pray to God, God, I don't get your love. I would literally cry. I would, I would wrestle with God. And I think God's message was, Adam, I'm doing this. I'm praying to God, God, where are you? Show yourself to me. God, I want to see you. I'd sing those songs. Show me your glory. And I'm praying like this. And I think God's message was, Adam, look at your hand. And I'd turn and look and he says, the people that you're not letting into your life, I want to show myself to you, but it's coming through them and you won't let them in. Adam, let yourself be vulnerable and open yourself up to people. And I promise you, you'll see my love. I believe with all my heart, love is, it's, it's the difference between head and heart. You know, there's eight inches here between my brain and my heart. And you've heard this analogy before. You know, head knowledge, you know how head knowledge works? Head knowledge works, but I'm going to read, I'm going to study, I'm going to gain new information, I'm going to sit and hear a message like this, I'm going to take stuff in, I'm going to gain information That's how head, and it's important, very important part of the process. But how does the heart work? Does the heart work that way? Most of you know, no, it doesn't work that way. The heart works through gaining wisdom through experience. I I experience God's love. So when I blow it and I have someone in my life who extends grace to me, I'm like, that's love. That's grace. I experience it. Now I now know it. It's not just a head thing. I've ex- and I believe with all my heart, some of the reasons we struggle to know the love of God is because we're not opening ourselves up to other people and we do not live life as a body. We're an individualistic, self-oriented society. And it waters itself out and God's saying, listen, give of your gifts, the grace gifts and receive as others give to you and you will know my love and you will see me and understand who I am. You know, and this is how this works. Think of 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received. Now, we aren't going to spend, I'm not going to talk this morning about spiritual gifts. They're roughly, I say about 16. Some will give more depending on your view of tongues and healing and all, whether that's for today or not. But I think there's roughly clearly six clear gifts like giving, service, leadership, administration, teaching, and there's um, other gifts, mercy, that are talked about in the Bible. It says each of you should use whatever gift you have received. So use your gift to, don't, don't do it for your own glory, serve others. Now look at what it says, as faithful stewards of God's what? You know what a steward is? A steward is if someone says, I've given you this to take care of. It's not yours to own, but you're going to take care of it. Steward it, walk with it. As you, re, as you have that, and as I use my gift, for example, I believe I have the gift of leadership. 
Some would say teaching. I don't think so. That doesn't mean I'm a bad teacher. It just means I don't think that's the spiritual gift God gave me. I think because I'm a leader, I can teach, but it's for a whole other discussion. But I believe that God has given me the gift of leadership. He's not given me the gift of mercy. Some of you say, you're darn right. He hasn't given me the gift of mercy. As much as I can make this, the reality is I don't have been given the gift of mercy. Now, I need to show myself merciful. God clearly says that in Scripture. But God has said a grace gift. That's what it's called in Scripture. By my supernatural empowerment, Adam, I've given you this gift. In other words, Adam, it's not because of you. It's not because of all the conferences you've gone to and the books that you've read and the school that you've gone to. Adam, you have this gift because of my grace and my empowerment. Now use it. And as I use it and as I lead, good leadership frees people up and gives life. Use it. And as you use it, people receive the grace of God. I'm giving his grace away. Same as if you have the gift of mercy. My goodness, there's some of you in this church that I know clearly have that gift. And I love getting alongside of you. As I open myself up, I feel God's grace as you use the gift that he's given to you. That's what the scriptures teach. People are God's plan A. Use your gift. I think people in my life can experience God's grace as I use the gift he has given me. Let me give a side note. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I do need to mention this. I understand that some of you have been hurt by other people. Maybe a mom or a dad or, or even been hurt by the church. And so you, tend to, you have a tendency to stand like this towards people. With all my, everything I have in me, if you struggle to loosen that arm up and do this with people, please get help. Because I really believe with all my heart that you will not fully know and experience the grace and love of God until you can learn to be vulnerable and open to other people and learn to receive from people. If you can't receive from people, I don't think you're really going to know a God of love. So here's what I'd say this morning. Here's the whole heart of this morning. Open your gift. Open your gift. Maybe some of you say, what is my gift? Well, get to know what your gift is. You know how you get to know your gift? Not taking a spiritual assessment. They can be helpful. We use them here. Do you know how you get to know what gifts you have? You use them. Let's see. Do I have leadership? Well, look, get into areas of leadership. Get feedback from others. Oh, they ain't working. Okay, teach. Oh, I'll try teach. Well, oh, they ain't working. I'll try service. Here's an opportunity to serve. And you begin to feel like, so just use, open up your gift. Open up your gift. It's going to help you grow. But more than that, the people around you are going to find life and they're going to grow as well. So open your gift. Be courageous. Be bold. Be you. Don't have gift envy. And don't think your gift's the only gift that the church body needs. A lot of times we view that. I'm a leader, so I think everyone should be a leader. Well, if we're all leaders, we're going to have a pretty unhealthy church. Some of you are, have gifts of service. You think everyone should have service. Well, we're going to, again, be a pretty unhealthy church. Or times I look at people on the stage and think, man, I wish I could play guitar like that. <laughs> Don't have gift envy. Be you. Be the best version of you. Give your grace gift away. Do it for Jesus' glory, not yours. <laughs> and then the final thing I'd say is learn to receive others' gifts as they serve and give them to you. Now, I want to interview someone this morning so you can kind of see this in action in their life. But before they come up, I just want to mention there's, there's so many things I could say here. I just want to brag on this church a little bit if you give me the moment to do that. You know, I love our newcomers classes. It's a class that we have. It's, um, it's a class designed because people, when they're brand new to this church, it's scary. 
You walk in here and you look around like, do I fit? Do I belong? Who knows who? How? So we offer a class just to kind of break that ice a little bit and help people begin to discover what's this church about? How do I get connected? I mean, just kind of ask some of those questions and get to know. And boy, I wish I could record what we hear. We generally open a class. I know some of you have never gone to one. Uh, when we open a class up, we generally ask people to describe themselves as an animal and have some fun with that. And uh, then we move from that and we say, okay, now why are you at Bethany? You know what we hear consistently? I bet we hear it, I don't know, Chris could validate this. I bet we hear it, I bet we hear it twice at least every newcomer's class. I say, why are you here? Here's what we hear, something like this. When I walked through those doors, I felt like I was home. That is an awesome way to describe a church. And when we say it's our mission to embrace people's family, I say, yo, check, we're, got, we're doing it. But it's not because this guy on stage made him feel like at home. It's because when I walked through the door, there was someone there with a big smile on their face. And I consistently, I've heard stuff like this. People just walk up to me and say, hey, I'm not sure we've ever met. What's your name? Do you know how many people in other churches are scared to death to do that? Because, oh, my word, I might have met them. And then they're going to think I'm really stupid or I'm going to. You guys don't have those hurdles. You just step towards people and say, hi, who are you? What can I, how, can I pray for you? I mean, it's awesome. And, it, and it, it's you using your gifts. It's making a huge difference. Do you realize since, since this winter, we've had consistent experiences right here in this room of people accepting Jesus Christ as their personal savior or recommitting their relationship to Jesus. That is awesome. But it's not all because there's this great guy on stage or Chris is even greater on stage. And it's like, man, these guys are awesome. And the band is awesome. No, the band is important. My gift's important. But it's often because people say, you're welcome here. There's a place for you at the table. And that means a lot to people. That's your gifts. You know, I want to brag on another one, um, our trustees. This is one I don't brag on a lot. Our trustees and our church council, our church council is the group that manages this whole building and our budget and they don't, our elders kind of set the course and then they try and figure out how do we manage this and work with all this. And our trustees, you know, I got a, I got a text message from one of them. They have a work day on Monday night. I think it's the whatever Monday night of the month it is. It's one Monday night of the month. I got a text message from someone recently when they were here working and it's the dumpster filled with stuff. I'm like, yes, throw it away, throw it away. You know, get rid of it. It's junk. We aren't using it. Clutter. But here's why trustees are so important. There's a verse in the Bible that many of us miss the the impact of. It's when this guy named David is being anointed as the king of Israel. And God shows up through a prophet named Samuel to anoint David. And there's all these brothers and they pick this, the youngest brother, and he's the littlest brother. And they're like, no, wait a minute. This isn't right. And God says, see, you guys miss it. Man looks at the outside, these big, handsome, strong leader type. God doesn't look at all that. He looks at the heart. Now, most of us in the church run with that, and that's awesome to run with. God looks at the heart. But guess what? When someone walks through those doors for the very first time, they don't say, wow, look at his heart. What does the verse say? What does man see? What does man see? It says man looks on the outside. You know, our trustees make an eternal impact because they keep this place working. They change light bulbs. They get it cleaned up. And it, by them using their gift, it breaks down barriers. So when people walk in here and they're like, this is a nice place. I feel like I, and then it opens up to speak to the heart, which is so important. It's ultimately what we want to get to. 
So again, what they do is so important. And I'm, they do impact our ushers and the work they do. Our life groups. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the stories I hear of life groups and change happening there. And there's one life group particularly kind of brought in their whole neighborhood. I love it. I want to heard that. I'm like, that's awesome. There's another life group that Chris told me about that opened up to, they, um, it wasn't just their buddies and friends. They let's really open up to whoever. And they've really been caring and walking with people and life change. It's happening in the context of relationship. Our care team. Oh my gracious. I think that's the, I am. If you say, Adam, what are you most proud of at Bethany? Without a shadow of a doubt, I say our care team. It is, oh, the counseling, the money that's sent out to help pay bills, the meals that are taken, the visitation that happens, the gifts of mercy that are put in action. Had a funeral a few weeks ago from a a family that's loosely connected to Bethany, unchurched relationships uh, all around. And here Chris and I are sitting in this funeral home and we're, and we're just, you know, trying to, what are we doing here? And I, and, and we're really just kind of feeling out of place and up coming to the podium comes one of you who's on the care team, a part of our visitation, who spent a lot of hours visiting this person who passed away and they walked to the podium and they spoke and what they spoke, I felt like I could have just walked to this podium and said, amen, let's go home. The care that they portrayed to that family, which then opened the doors for Chris and I to walk in and share Jesus with a whole family that does not know Jesus. Happened because of a person, a couple actually, who have the gift of mercy, and I even think maybe the gift of service, and they've stepped in and used their gift. The body being the body, it's much healthier when we serve together. Our sound and our video. Boy, you know what's sad about the sound, the poor sound guys? The only time anyone ever knows them back there is when they mess up. You know, before my message, they're like, where's the sound? Who's back there? Jared does a phenomenal job. But wasn't that odd when that sound didn't come on? I'm not picking on Jared. But doesn't that make a difference? Why is Adam standing on stage? What is that going on? But, but when it's just smooth, we make mistakes. We're human, okay? Jared does an awesome job. It makes such a difference. Our video guys, our music, music speaks to the heart, our missions teams, our, our adult ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry. Our, here's one. I don't want to miss this. There's, I'm sure I'm, I'm going to miss some. Giving. Did you know giving is a spiritual gift? You know, the gift of giving is mentioned in the Bible as a spiritual gift. And I believe this church, there's a number of you that have it. I have watched it in action. I have seen people's physical needs. Like we're talking thousands of dollars, not just a dollar, $10. I'm talking thousands of dollars of needs met because of this church, people in this church, our children's ministry, our youth ministry, our nursery. So important incredible ministries. Here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to take a moment. I know, I know those of you who serve, you're like, please don't do this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I would like to ask if you serve in any capacity, small or large, makes a difference. If you're serving, whether it's on the care team and you're taking meals or whether you're in the visitation team or whether you're on the working in children's ministry or youth ministry or an elder or in church council or a trustee or audio and video or, or music or all the points in between, manage our checkbook and all that. Could you just stand? And I'd like to just give a big round of applause. All of you guys just stand. I know some of you are like, oh, please don't do this. I don't do this record. That's cool. I see some of you going, oh, Adam. Can we just give everyone a round of applause in this room right now? 
I see some of you are like, I'm down, I'm down. I I love it. You know what it says? You aren't serving for your glory. I I know. I just want to honor. Thank you. This church is making a difference. It's made a difference in my life. And I'm watching it make a difference in many other lives. And it's because people need people to grow. It's God's plan A. And when I open up my gift and give that gift away, it impacts lives for eternity. Whether it's cooking a meal or playing a guitar or changing a light bulb or changing dirty diapers, it makes a difference. So thank you for what you guys do. What I want to do now, uh, I want to ask Andy, Andy Delgado, Andy and Melissa, there they are. And I believe this service, they're going to come up. There they are. They're going to come up with their whole life group, Melissa's life group, small group whole group of girls. I want, to, I want you guys to meet Andy and Melissa. And they're going to have some friends with them this morning. Look at that. Do they want to come up on stage with you? No, I heard a no. <laughs> Did everyone hear that? I heard a big no. <laughs> you guys don't want to come up here? Do any of you want to come up here? No? Okay, you can sit there. That's cool. <laughs> she brought her, um, anyway, I'll let her explain in a minute. I want you guys to meet Andy and Melissa. Uh, they, um, someone that's meant a lot to me as I've watched them and, and kind of what we're preaching this morning is what they, I've watched them live out like so many of you. And I said, you know what, I just want to get, so you don't just hear my voice, hear someone else. Um, so why don't we start out? If you guys could just kind of briefly introduce yourself, kind of who you are, how many kids you have. Whatever else you want to just share to people know kind of who you are. Um, I'm Andy Delgado. It's my wife, Melissa. Um, we've been married for five years, a little over five years now. Um, we got two kids. Lily is five, and Connor is a year and a half. Um, we've been coming to Bethany for a long time. She's been here, what, you said, like 13 years. I'm a lifer. Uh, I'm, I'm 30 now. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm, like, third-generation BGFer, so, um, yeah, I've been here for a long time and just love this church. Um, I mean, who we are, we're, we're passionate about our church and, and serving here, and um, we, we love to uh, support a lot of different things. You know, we're highlighting Compassion Sunday uh, this week. Compassion is something that we're very passionate about. Um, we support a couple of kids through Compassion, and, and we like to... Uh, support um lots of other different uh foundations we we support uh a21 fighting against uh human trafficking and we like to support shelters and things like that so we do all kinds of stuff like that awesome could you guys talk a minute and kind of talk this morning about how people using their gifts impacts us we receive the grace of god could you share how just whether it's a story or how that's worked in your life as you've received from others Um, One of the first ways that I saw someone um, taking an interest in me and actually serving specifically to me was a youth group leader who took me out to have coffee and just was really interested in being there for me. Um, And then most recently, it would be our counselor over the past year. It really broke down walls that I wasn't really interested in breaking down until she kind of pushed in. Um, So I'm really grateful for her service. Cool. Good counselors are amazing. I love what they can do. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I grew up in this church, so you know, like Melissa said, I you know had a lot of experience with youth leaders here that I'm was really really grateful for. Um, you know, that helped uh, helped me to grow as a person through you know my 
formative years and things like that. And, and just uh, people serving here, I know um, one of the uh, a, a big part of my life a couple of years ago, like when my uh, my brother passed away, how the, the people in this church have really stepped up and served our family and loved us through that time to help us get through that. And even us, you know, when we were starting our marriage, how people have you know had come and, and walked alongside of us. Um, and just even seeing Melissa, I, I didn't say this in the first service, but just thinking about it now, like seeing her step into her role with these girls has really been an encouragement for me um, just to see how much she uh, has really been passionate about that and has really loved these girls. It's been, been really cool to watch. It's mm, awesome. Now, so you serve in um, children's ministry, second service as a small group leader for fourth and fifth grade girls. Is that yes. correct? Mm-hmm. Who are, all, are they all here? Is this every one of them? Um, not everyone. You're missing one or two? Yeah. Awesome. Hi, girls. Sure, don't want to come up here yet? No, still not yet. Okay. <laughs> and Andy, you play, we saw you this morning playing guitar. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'd be over here playing bass. Yep. And I know sometimes we'll see you back there in the, back behind the glass where no one sees, yep. you know, making yep. a big difference with what comes up here in the screen. Yep. Why did you guys jump into those areas? I started because I was feeling like my experience here at church was missing something. So I knew there was a need for children's church, small group leaders. So I decided, well, I'll just do that. Um, and then I, um, from doing that for the past two years, I know that's where God wanted me to be. Awesome. So um, you just saw, so yours was a need. I yeah. see a need. I'm going to fill the need. Andy, how about you? Um, well, for me, music is something that I've always been passionate about from a young age. I started singing when I was a little kid and started played piano in second grade. And, and it's just always been a part of my life. So, uh, when I was in, I believe around like ninth grade, uh, we were starting a youth worship team. And, uh, so I had just started playing guitar, only been playing for like a year or something, but, uh, started we have with the youth worship team and I've been doing it ever since. Um, I mean, mostly just because you know, it started out as because I love music and, and uh, just wanted to be able to, to play and kind of get to sort of live the dream as a, as a rock star in some, <laughs> some way. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's just, you know, sort of, you know, evolved over time. It's just a, a, a really cool way to, to be able to, to use my, my ability to help serve the church. That's awesome. And let me ask this final question. How have you seen your service then, so you've, you've had people serve you and it's impacted you. How have you seen your service impact others? I know sometimes that could be like, oh, really? You want to say that? It's a humble answer. I mean, how have you seen that work? Um, well, when I wrote the girls' um, letters, I mailed them to their house, and <clears throat> they all came back saying that they really enjoyed it. And then it also spoke to their parents that most of them came up to me and said that that really touched them, that I put that effort out. Awesome. Um, for me, I mean, I think it's, it's really cool. You know, as I was thinking about doing this interview this week, like one of the cooler things that I feel like I get to experience when I'm up here playing is just being able to, you know, when I'm, I have a tendency to get really involved in a song and I know, I don't know if you ever, if anybody's ever watched me, I kind of, I move around a lot and I get really into it, but sometimes when I get to look up and see everybody else, you know, just engaged and worship is a really, really cool thing. And uh, so just, you know, it's cool to be able to see the impact that, that 
our music has, you know, as we're worshiping God, then we get to help you also to worship God. Um, it's just really cool to see that happen. Now, and I, I, you know, I, I joke around and I say, it with, you know, I wish I had the gifts of playing. I just, my wife tells me my rhythm, just God did not bless me with rhythm. So playing musical notes just does not work at all. But in all seriousness, you know, music speaks to the heart in ways that the spoken word just cannot. And so uh, moving that head to the heart. So thanks for what you do. And I, I, so I did this first service. It's okay if I do it now. I know um, you guys have meant just from a distance watching you guys serve has just really encouraged me. Um, at the leadership summit a year ago, which we're going to talk about this morning, uh, the leadership summit, you guys came back. And the, any of you attended the movie night that was the children's ministry movie night this past, it was this past fall, correct? Um, Throwing a movie night uh, free of charge. Families just came and hung out. I love the candy. But I mean, it felt like, I mean, it was better than Penn Cinema, in my opinion. Um, I don't get to lay on the floor at Penn Cinema. Uh, so again, it was just, but it was something that was birthed in their heart that they just came back and said, we can make a difference and we can do this. And kind of a vision was birthed there. Um, Andy, again, I love seeing you up on stage. You know, one of the things I love too is when you're back there and you're doing, clicking the songs, you're singing with them. I've, I've watched you do that at times. And so you aren't just back there, you're, you get what you're doing. But the thing I just want to share with all the church, Melissa, and, and while the girls are here, um, you guys had a cool party here at the church a little while ago, didn't you? They're down here shaking their heads. None of you want to come up and talk about it yet, huh? No, they're still saying no. I still can't get them up here. But anyway, what, what has meant we came here to the church, it was, a snow, it was that last snowstorm we had, um, and Tanya came, my wife, to use one of her gifts to help decorate the care room. And while we were here, and I was out playing in the snow with our kids, you come in, and Andy, you saw you both guys both show up, and you threw uh, kind of a, with all your life, your small group of the girls, you had a dance party, had pizza, and then you served them and washed their feet. Is that correct? I mean, I got all that right. And as I, we, as our staff, we do a staff meeting, we ask our staff when they go around, um, what's happening and who do you need to thank for it? To constantly remember that it's not us, it's, it's so many people serving. And um, boy, when that story is recounted, um, I watch tears. And it means the world to me, even as I have a young daughter who's not far from fourth and fifth grade, and what it means to have a leader investing and caring for a for my kids outside of, um, outside of my influence is huge. So thanks for what you guys do. From the bottom of my heart, that means a ton to me. And, and girls, I hope you know how lucky you are to have a leader here that loves you. They do. They just don't want to come up and... Okay. Uh, Stop asking. <laughs> they're like, quit asking. What's this guy's problem? I'm a leader. I get my way. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Anyway, uh, with that said, let me, I'm going to pray for you guys, pray for the whole morning, and then uh, we'll kind of wrap things up. God, thanks so much for Andy. Thanks for Melissa. Um, just w- one couple of many here at Bethany who, who've uh, just stepped out. Melissa in an area of need, Andy in an area of gifted, and um, I think Melissa's discovered some gifting. And God, thank you. Thank you for the difference that they make. Thank you for that this body is healthier. God, here in the front row sits precious young girls who um, you love. And you love deeply. And uh, God, Melissa is able to convey that to them in a way that their parents cannot. And that's so healthy and good that she does that. And God, thank you for that. Thank you for all those who serve here at the church and make such a difference. And God, may they know that they may just be changing a light bulb or changing a diaper. But God, it makes a difference as the whole body comes together and does what seems so little. But boy, God, it makes such a difference. So thank you for how you work through people. 
May we continue to open ourselves up to receiving the gifts that others have to give to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What we're going to do now is I uh, want to watch a video, and it's actually going to capture these, these children. Uh, and it's going to give you a flavor of kind of where Melissa serves and then uh, kind of runs along with the theme this morning. So go ahead and check out some of what happens down there. Right now, they're meeting downstairs, and there's roughly, yeah, on a given Sunday, we see 80 children. See you, girls. Now that everyone can say bye to you. Everyone say bye to the girls. <laughs> it's a lot of life happening down there, from wanting to learn how to fly to be an artist. I mean, we got it all down there. But it a lot of fun, a lot of excitement. Um, now, again, I know we say we have 80, but six of them are represented in this family. And then our children's, 